You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. When we picked up on the coronavirus related attacks, we just saw a spike which uh, got us to a point where we wanted to make sure people are aware because the spike is pretty severe. That's Fleming Shi. He's chief technology officer at Barracuda Networks. The research we're discussing today is titled Threat Spotlight, Coronavirus-Related Phishing. Some of the attacks seems to be focused on logistics. Uh, as you know, moving medical equipment, healthcare equipment is very important in, during this time. So we wanted to make sure make make some noise about it, make sure people are paying attention. Well, let's go through what you published here together. Um, As you mentioned, you've got quite a spike here. Uh, Take us through some of the numbers. What are you tracking? Absolutely. So this report is covering the data that we have seen from March 1st to the 23rd. And we saw, you know, obviously hundreds of thousands of spear phishing email attacks, but uh, we also saw... Uh, about 9,000 of those are actually it's related to COVID-19. And to uh, to numbers that we have seen in the past, uh, it's over 600% increase, right? So, and if you look at this um, in the report, we also talk about sort of type of attacks or intents, right? So there's scamming, brand impersonation, and blackmailing even. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously some business, um, you know, email compromise as well. 
So some of these numbers here that we have seen, we're still monitoring. So in the future, hopefully we can provide an update on this. But generally, uh, we saw a very large increase. And you can see um, more than half is actually scams that's out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, even on the recent days uh, after the report, we've seen other type of scams related to vaccines and fake treatments and things like that. So I just wanted to uh, to cover those numbers. I believe those are very important. And also uh, just think through the type of attacks that's involved here. You know, they vary, right? So, uh, but mm. those are the numbers. Well, let's go through and dig in. What are some of the attacks that you're seeing? Can you share some of the specifics with us? Sure, absolutely. So there's a impersonation of uh, uh, World Health uh, Community Organizations, right? So you can see they're pretending to be, you know, World Health Organization, and which means people are going to pay some attention to it, especially during this kind of crisis. There are a lot of fear-driven type of uh, attacks like that. And the other type that I feel is really kind of low, <laughs> how low can they go uh, on the bad guy's side? They're using uh, like almost blackmailing, um, you know, saying, hey, if you don't pay ransom, we're going to we're going to infect your relatives and your your loved ones or your friends. To me, that's uh, that's really kind of touching the the subject in a, in a very aggressive way, because, you know, uh, Marlowe's you know, hierarchy of needs. First layer is really physiology. People are, you know, obviously scared of the virus and don't want to get sick. And if you're throwing out these kind of attacks, which targets your uh, family and, and, and friends, that is the next level of uh, um, evil, right? So I think that's yeah. really important. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is remarkable how uh, they can take advantage of everyone's fear and anxiety. And in many ways, that short circuits our thinking process. It keeps us from sometimes rationally thinking about uh, the information they're sending us or the actions they're asking us to take. Yeah. And what is really crazy as well is, well, I think somewhat predictable, but what they have done is in the email, they don't, some of these blackmails or scams don't even have any links or attachments to infect your computer or systems or your, um, your network. Uh, but it's really about scaring you to do something. Uh, they will present the Bitcoin information and then you, you go wire um, or, or you get your Bitcoin uh, as a ransom payment, right? So to many ways, it's really kind of, um, I, I would say, much harder to detect because it requires a sentiment type of uh, detection capabilities and understanding intent of the email, less about what links it leads to or attachments that could hurt your system with. So yeah, it's harder to defend, you know, but I, I obviously want to point that out. Yeah, but we, we obviously yeah. catch them, but catch them, our system catches them. But generally, uh, I believe uh, people need to pay attention to that. The other type of attack that was really, like I mentioned earlier, is pretty serious. It's really targeted uh, and maybe uh, it's ransomware that goes into your system. One example we highlighted, it was related to a uh, shipment. It's related to uh, something related to uh, logistics, right? So imagine you have to procure, uh, you know, a large amount of uh, medical equipment. You'll be tracking certain things. Uh, this type of tax will be effective against folks who are really trying to move move goods, right? Uh, you know, medical goods. Uh, in this situation, it was uh, 
uh, actually pony stealer that sits behind a document or uh, uh, attachment, uh, an email attachment. And obviously that's also very easy for, to fall for if you're in the midst of uh, moving a lot of equipment to, to help people, <laughs> right? So people are right. getting anxious. Yeah, one of the ones you track here, uh, you have an example of uh, someone using a, a premise of an invoice, uh, and it reads, it says, good day with the current impact of COVID-19, the coronavirus impact, we would like to know the production delivery status of our orders with you. Kindly fill the details in the attached template for each of the given orders, which is pending to ship and send to us by tomorrow, awaiting your priority cooperation. Uh, this looks fairly run-of-the-mill, but by, I suppose, tossing in that COVID-19 element, it sort of grounds it in reality. That's right. And uh, uh, really, it's uh, designed to get people to open that file and try to fill out the form or something related to that. And if you think about this, you know, they might be targeting the supplier. They might be targeting the folks who are actually handling the trans, uh, you know, transfer of the goods. Right. So all these things are designed to cause, you know, havoc in, uh, in a situation where we'll slow down the response and slow down the, the caretaking uh, of victims. Yeah. Another thing you're tracking here is credential theft. Can you uh, share some of the details of that with us? Absolutely. So credential theft is uh, not new, but we start to see a spike as well. Uh, what's really happening is they're impersonating your Office 365 or your logging, your SaaS apps logging um, uh, infrastructure where you, when you are clicking on a link to get into the app, it will actually hijack that by mimicking your logging uh, screen for your application. From there, uh, obviously this is hosted on the um, attacker side. It's not something that, that's truly Office 365. They just made a copy of it, um, screen scrape and making it look as real as possible. From there, uh, they will harvest your username and your credentials your, because you will be typing username and password if you're not careful. So in this situation, actually, the best defense is MFA. So if you always turn on your uh, multi-factor for all the SaaS applications, uh, regardless if you lose your password, there's a you know, second factor to actually authenticate the user to get into the app. This is really important. So a lot of times we have seen attacks utilizing legitimate uh, infrastructure like Google API, for example, it's, uh, it's, it's infrastructure being weaponized multiple times. People actually host Office 365 logging um, app in there, and they're harvesting. Uh, so obviously, we always report to, uh, uh, to folks at Google, but you know, it's important to pay attention because these things do come up uh, quite rapidly. Uh, they bring it down once it's, uh, they finish their campaign. So it's important to, uh, to pay attention to where you're logging into. Um, in this case, uh, you can you can see the URL doesn't look normal. Now, on the detection side of the equation here, with uh, the, the types of tools that uh, you and other providers uh, are making available, um, are these attacks, are these attempts uh, just variations on established themes? Or are, they, are they still getting flagged as some of the, the tried and true things that you all are used to detecting? Or, or are there are they new uh, from the outset? The one the ones that's really fresh or basically more effective are the ones that is using 
intent or fear-driven type of attacks, right? There's no links, there's no attachments, scanners that sandboxes the email or the parts of the email is not going to be able to detect uh, there's a malicious payload, for example, right? It's really about the intent that's involved in the conversation. And some of these conversations are really, especially during the COVID-19 situation, it's fear-driven. So the people are going to naturally take action a little bit more aggressively and, you know, based on that requires a type of overused term by AI driven, you know, capabilities to actually identify uh, whether this communication is normal or not. Um, and this goes around whether, you know, the user have seen this, uh, this email, emailer or the type of conversation that's having is that normal. And this is really done by uh, providing a, a really strong social graph type of uh, capability to understand your user community who they communicate with, how do they communicate, and when do they communicate, and what type of topics. And from there, we were able to uh, sift through, you know, normal emails as well as uh, uh, attacks and identify the, the ones that's really malicious. So I think uh, the key here is to have uh, a solution that's additive to normal advanced threat protection type of uh, solution you have or tool you have, right? It doesn't matter you know, it doesn't have to be Barracuda. You could have Microsoft, uh, you know, has uh, Defender. They have different type of uh, ATP as well and other vendors. But you need something on top of that to really detect uh, the the intent and uh, uh, and really the reason why this email came came about and what, what is being talked about. So that's really the, the tough part, yeah. And I suppose also there's an element of this that's... Uh you know, communication with your employees to just have awareness that these sorts of things are, are on the rise and they need to be extra vigilant. You're absolutely right. And so one of the advice that being given is that, you know, we're practicing social distance between, you know, human beings, right? Um, we should also practice social distance between your devices. The reason for that is that you may be using your personal email or personal application that's not related to work. And you need to keep that segmented or uh, separated from your professional tools because not every personal email has the capability uh, that basically allows you to, to stop this type of threat. So that type of attack could infect your, your, your tools um, for, your, for your work. Our thanks to Fleming Shi from Barracuda Networks for joining us. The research is titled Threat Spotlight, Coronavirus-Related Phishing. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past, Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. 
Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. The Cyberwire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.